Hey, welcome back to the Tunes Podcast. This is episode eight. We have Mike Anderson in the house. What up, Mike? Hey, how's it going? Uh, real quick, I just want to remind you guys where you can find us on social. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. That's Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. Uh, and then on iTunes and Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcasts. So be sure to get on there and give us those five-star ratings because you know you love us. So, uh, yeah, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> but Mike, man, I'm really glad you're able to come in and uh, hang out and talk to us. Yeah, um, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's a good time for yeah. sure. Um, so... I think it's interesting that you come in and you actually uh, do a podcast of your own, right? Yeah, I have a podcast with uh, my good buddy from college, Cole Roberts. He and I, uh, we host, uh, in the loosest terms of the vocabulary, uh, (laughs) a podcast where we, um, it's called Scary Movie Ice Cream Night Podcast. We uh, intentionally chose the longest name possible, Uh, but uh, when we first started out, it was, we would watch a movie and eat ice cream and then we would review the movie and it's just kind of evolved into this pop culture nostalgia we still watch horror movies and eat ice cream and everything but uh it's definitely got a little more irreverent as it's gone on we've been on for about three years now so uh it's we're going strong it's a lot of fun yeah good volume of work too you guys get to do episodes uh, every so often. He actually lives in Nashville now, right? He does. Yeah. So we, uh, we Skype each other and, uh, you know, we r- record our tracks and I edit them and put them out for everybody. Yeah. And so that's cool. It's a, it's an interesting concept. I like the, uh, <laughs> it's like the ice cream and then, you, yeah, yeah. It was just like a, you know, a thing you did with your friend and yeah, kind of turned it, it into a podcast. That's exactly how it started out. We were, uh, we were college buddies and, uh, like at least once a week, uh, we lived right across the street from each other and, uh, uh, I would either go over to his house or he'd come over to my house and we'd watch a, an old horror movie and, um, you know, we'd usually run to Brahms, which is our local, ice cream shop here in Oklahoma. Um, I don't know if they're nationwide. I don't think they are. Yeah, I think it's like a regional. Yeah, because I know he doesn't have it in Nashville, and it drives him crazy. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so we would run to Brahms, uh, get some ice cream, go watch horror movies, and usually fall asleep uh, before the movie is over. So not together. Whoa, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Spooning buddies. You know, low-key a jack-of-all-trades because you also do illustration you do animation mm-hmm. so that's kind of your background right yeah yeah uh went to university of central oklahoma for graphic design Roll graduated. yeah <laughs> and uh i i've been working professionally for about nine years now um and uh, I started out as a graphic designer. Uh, I do more illustration stuff uh, as, for, as far as personal work. But as of right now, I work as a motion graphics designer uh, here in Oklahoma City. Yeah, that's cool, man. Is there, um, is there like a favorite thing that, you know, maybe you get to do in your professional life that translates into your personal life or other different certain projects that are, are kind of enticing to you? copywriters kind of knew what I was capable of and like where my strengths were. They, it seemed like they started to write um, concepts that, f- you know, centered around that a little bit more. So like I've done a lot of superhero stuff, which has been great because I love to draw comic books. Um, our Christmas cards that we sent out were very anime looking. They were supposed to kind of emulate Pokemon cards. Um, it, so just I've, I've been pretty fortunate. I don't think you get to do that a lot of the times at marketing agencies draw anime and comic books. Yeah. I think they do a good job of like kind of playing to your strengths too. Yeah. yeah. So it's been um, a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so kind of in that vein of Pokemon cards, I think is a good transition. <laughs> uh, what you said, your self-professed favorite show, <laughs> Digimon. Digimon. Yeah. And that's, man, that's dark horse. I have to admit, man. uh, I watched it. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, I think with, you know, kind of along with other people, it kind of got outshined by Pokemon for me. You know, that is the biggest source of contention between my wife and I. <laughs> she is a, she is a huge Pokemon fan, and we actually got into a a joking but pretty heated yelling match one <laughs> night over <laughs> which was the best. Yeah, and I'm a firm fervent believer that Digimon is better than Pokemon. <laughs> She's like Charizard is better than Greymon. <laughs> she you was like it. she was like the the humans serve no purpose in Digimon which could not be further from the truth. 
um, they're, they're the power that make them digivolve. And like, it's true. And uh, that's how they fight and get stronger. But um, I was like, all yours do is shout orders at yours. They're like slave drivers. But <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> essentially, essentially. So they're more. It's more of like a. Uh, it's more of like a. Uh, what am I trying to think? Like a. Like they're equals in Digimon. Yeah, it's a part. It's a definite and a subservient it's a, in Pokemon. It, yeah, exactly. You are <laughs> Pokemon's are just cute gladiators, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah. So I remember watching that series and. I don't know if it didn't click for a while or what the deal was, but I never even thought about it being a competitor to Pokemon. I thought I thought it was like its own standalone thing. Um, but I liked the uh, kind of how they did the characters in Digimon. Um, they're all so unique, and every it seemed like the character of their actual like their Digimon really was like a parallel of, of you know the, their human counterpart. The human, yeah, that's exactly how it is, um, and. Uh, the characters were actually what drew me to it. Um, it's it's kind of an interesting story. I was trying to think back of like when Digimon first came onto the scene. I think I was in middle school because I know I was watching Dragon Ball Z in middle school. Um, and I think Digimon came not too long after Dragon Ball Z. Um, but it, if it wasn't middle school, it was definitely early high school. Um, but there was a character on Digimon, one of the Digimon. His name was Angemon. And he was just this really cool, um, like buff angel dude. (laughs) And you saw him for like a split second in the opening credits. And I was like, that is the coolest looking character I've ever seen in my entire life. And I was like, I would draw him. And all I'd ever seen of him was just this little two second clip in the, in the opening intro animation. And you have to wait for like 13 episodes, I think, before he comes onto the scene and he like comes on, he defeats the final boss um, of the first kind of arc, I guess, of the first season. And um, then you don't see him again for like another third of the show. I think he appears maybe five times in the entire uh, season one. And um, it was just like a, the biggest bait to like <laughs> every episode. It was like, is, is Angemon going to come on? Is, he gonna, is, he, is Patamon going to digivolve? And he never did. And they would tease it all the time. And, uh, but man, every time he did, I would get so excited. And I would like watch those episodes over and over and over again. Yeah. And that was kind of like a, I don't know, almost a more adult way that they tied in. If I remember right from the, uh, that final boss fight, because I think one of the, I, might, I can't think of, I'm thinking of the movie or what, but, um, one of the, uh, one of the characters dads was there and they're like, when is, the, when is the final boss going to appear? Mm-hmm. And it was at like six minutes and six seconds after six o'clock. So it was like six, six, six. Yeah. Yeah. That like, might've been the, the movie. Hell? Yeah. Yeah. And so it was like, what? Cause I showed the movie on TV and I was like, they're freaking <laughs> teaching kids about like six, six, six. Yeah. Like what the hell? And so, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of a different tone, you know, I mean. Pokemon, you know, you have the three characters in the original arc. It's Misty, Brock, and yeah. Ash, you know, acting a fool, like running around trying to yeah. get all these badges. Yeah. But with Digimon, it's like these kids are just like literally just like trying to grow up and make it like. Yeah, they're in at least in season one and kind of in other seasons too. They're stranded in this new world. They're transported to the Digi world. Oh. And uh, not only are they trying to learn how to bond with their partners and fight these giant monsters. But they're also like trying to figure out how the hell do we get home? Like we have no idea where we are. We have to survive. It's like survivor and and Digimon. It's like Lord of the Flies. It is. It really is. With Digimons. Yeah. Digimen, dare I say? Digi, Digimen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, it was just, uh, it's an interesting thing because I don't think that one really comes up very often. Well, I was, I was going to, I mean, if, if I had to be super honest, Dragon Ball Z is probably my number one, but I know that that's probably the number one of a lot of your guests. And, uh, I, and I actually started to think about it. I've actually seen every season of Digimon and I have not seen technically all of Dragon Ball. Like I've never really watched Dragon Ball. Um, I watched GT, but I didn't really like it. And Garbage. then 
super is going on right now and I'm really into it, but I didn't watch like the first uh, couple of arcs of Super because they were just kind of recreating some of the movies. Yeah. And uh, I've learned since that they've there's episodes in between that kind of fill those out a little bit more. With like Beerus and Wiz. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've bought like the first season Blu-ray that came out. I haven't watched it yet, but... Um, so yeah, I, even though I probably have more of an attachment to Dragon Ball Z, I haven't watched as much of it as have Digimon. Yeah. Did you watch uh, Kai at all? I've seen some episodes. Um, I, I, I respect it. I mean, I like that they <laughs> took out some of the filler and, uh, I mean, there was one episode I watched, it was a Frieza saga episode and they essentially cut together three episodes into one. And, um, one thing that I really like about it is I, I don't necessarily like some of the new voice actors, but I like their updated audio like they've really done a lot to like the key blasts and um just the overall editing is a lot more hyped up and intense and that's something i appreciate from it yeah i think it's hard to compare to that original japanese soundtrack too because it's yeah it's so it's like one of those things that's so bad it's good it really is and And it took me a long time to come around (laughs) to it so corny because i i grew up with the the Funimation one yeah. from Toonami and it's like that hard rock mm-hmm. and like even some of the the movies uh like Cooler's Revenge when it first came out on VHS it had like Disturbed and um you know some of those rock bands and Fly, uh, not Flyleaf uh it's like Christian Disturbed yeah <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> the name of the band uh but yeah the, the soundtracks for those were like amazing yeah they were like actually able to get real songs i guess yeah deftones was a big oh, one okay. that was in a lot of them i always mixed them up with flyleaf too uh, well change I'm just, I'm change in the house yeah. of flies that's the song that i was thinking oh, of gotcha, gotcha. that's from the movie and uh yeah okay you've redeemed yourself okay <laughs> uh yeah that's definitely true that a lot of people tap that one as being kind of the gateway one yeah um would you say that's probably your answer is one of you know, one, an anime that you think is kind of like the gateway show that's good for someone that's maybe never watched it. That's a good one to start on. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely mine. Um, it wasn't the first anime that I'd ever watched, but it was the first one I got into and like watched religiously. Um, the first anime I ever watched was a movie and it was Akira. Um, but definitely Dragon Ball Z was the first series that I ever got into. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because I kind of took Dragon Ball Z at face value of that's what anime looks like. So like when Toonami started airing like Gundam Wing, um, the animation style is so different and so much more polished that I remember like yelling at my little brother to come into where I was like, oh my God, Mark, come look. An anime that actually took its time and is like, yeah. looks good it, because freaking Gundam Wing. DBZ is like yeah. rough compared yeah. to... Gundam, some Gundam Wing animation. Yeah, that everything is super clean in Wing, mm-hmm. and so especially like drawing a lot of those, um, you know, the robots and everything. Like, yeah, that should would take a long, oh my like God. a I'd long s- time. I have no idea how mech artists are alive. Like, how do they? They not- just live with carpal tunnel. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, and I remember asking. It's funny because I remember telling. You know, trying to find a friend of mine um, that would draw me one. And I'd asked you, I was like, can you draw me a heavy arms? And you're like, uh, well, <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> I mean, I will. I'm not, I, it just I, takes a long it time. It really and would I take think you were busy time. at the time with some other projects. Yeah, so. I mean, it would take <laughs> long figuratively because I, w- I had other things going on. But also, like, it just would actually take a long doing time it. to actually draw. Yeah. And so it's just funny because I know that's totally true because I asked another friend and they were like, uh... I mean, it might take a while, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's cool, man. Definitely. Um, that was always my favorite of in Gundam was heavy yeah. arms. I liked death scythe. That's what I think the last, I can't remember who it was, maybe Avery mm-hmm. Wilson that I had on. I think he liked death scythe yeah. too. I oddly liked, um, uh, what was it called? Tall geese. Tall geese. Yeah. Um, but I also, I had an Epion, uh, scale model oh like, okay uh zex i think that was yeah, his name. Uh, i just really like the design of that one and i i had it when i was younger and uh 
I lost it or it broke or something. And my wife actually got it for me for um, Christmas last year. And I got to put it back together. And it was nice. It was a lot of fun. I always forget. Yeah. Shout out to Tall Geese. I always forget how cool that yeah. his design was. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of really interesting mech designs in that show. Yeah. And we, yeah, I mean, kind of as you said, t- taking it at face value was, that was a lot of what we watched growing up. And so I, you know, probably every episode I'm the self-proclaimed uh, basic bitch fan of <laughs> of anime because I just like their, yeah. the basic stuff. But um, I think the last time we talked about Gundam Wing as well, um, we talked about how how uh, the tone of the show is actually like super political. Yeah. But you don't know when you're watching as a kid. You're just yeah. like, look at these awesome robots. Yeah. Oh, man. I watched the first like uncut episode recently and it's dark. It's kind of scary at the end too. Like, uh, what's his name? Hero says that he's going to kill that girl. Yeah. And, like, like whenever she like invites and him. And then it's just dead silence. But yeah. all you hear is like the wind howling. Yeah. And it's just like, wow. It's just mic she, drop. Yeah. She- <laughs> She like invites him to her birthday yeah, party, and, he rips and he's it like, up. "I'll kill you!" Like it's Jesus. like the it's like the most deadly like high school drama. <laughs> Man, yeah, it's uh definitely tonally is a lot different uh, when you actually get into like the actual substance of the show versus yeah. you know just liking the shiny robots yeah. just for the sake of like it being shiny robots. Yeah. Um, another one that you tapped as being one of your favorites was uh one that I recently finished the uh, in subs was um, One Punch Man. One Punch Man, yeah. So uh, I actually picked up the manga at Barnes & Noble just randomly. Like I saw the first volume and um, I was like, wow, this art style is really... Because that's what really draws me to anime is like... Um, is the art style. Like I can't really watch a show if I can't get behind how it's drawn or get into how it's drawn. And one punch man just blew me away from the way it looked. And, uh, like right after I finished reading the first volume, it was announced that the anime was being released, um, either in Japan or over here. I can't remember, but it was like the anime was just becoming a big thing. And I was like, wow, this is perfect timing. I can kind of read the manga and then watch the show, but I could not find dubbed versions of the show anywhere. And usually I don't really mind whether I watch it dubbed or subbed, but one punch man, I really wanted to watch dubbed because there's so much going on. It's so much cool action that, yeah, I don't want to spend half my time reading the subtitles. And it's just such beautiful. So, like, I waited. I didn't watch it um, at all. Like, I found it, like, online. And then I think it was streaming on uh, Netflix or Hulu. But it was only subtitled. So I waited until the Blu-ray came out and bought it. And then my wife and I, like, burned through it in yeah. the weekend. Nice. And it was great. It was awesome. Yeah, I watched it. Um, I watched it subbed on Hulu. And it's rough. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm just spoiled or what, but <laughs> I, uh, yeah, so I watched it and just like trying to read and like look at it at the same time. I'm like, oh man. Do you ever watch DBC subbed? I've seen it before. Like the voices crack me yeah. up. Yeah. Well, like watch, <laughs> yeah, watching uh, Super right now, it's like so far ahead in Japan that if you want to stay current with it, you've got to watch it subtitled. And uh, my wife caught an episode of it one time while I was watching and she was like, why does Goku sound like a girl and like Goku and Gohan both sound exactly the same. They still sound like they did. I think, I don't know this for sure, but I've heard that the voice actor for Goku is the same voice actor that voiced him when he was a kid. What? So he grew up with the character. Yeah. And so that's why his voice hasn't changed because I think it's a woman voicing him. I think, I don't know for sure. Um, but I, I do think it is a woman that voices Goku. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, like, low-key, like, women voice actors that do, like, yeah. younger kids yeah. or even sometimes, like, grown adult men. The American Naruto is a woman. I know oh, that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, it's like, uh, I think the voice actor that plays, like, Bart Simpson on yeah, The Simpsons. Yeah, she's a woman. And she does, like, a ton of voices. I think she's done some anime work, even. Oh, probably. And so I have to look that up because yeah. I think I saw it like on Anime Underground. They had yeah. shared that she did some work on anime, I think. Yeah, I bet. I wouldn't be so surprised. So don't quote me on that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but she, yeah, she's done a ton of work. So, 
Yeah, that one, that is a good series. I think just because it's like almost meta, you know, it's like self-referential, like yeah. talking about how it's so dumb it is. to like, the point, too. Yeah. That's what I love about it. Like, I can't get into the animes that are like super existential and like have so much drama going on. Like, I just want to watch somebody fight <laughs> and blow stuff up. <laughs> like, that's is really too much to ask. I'm really, that's all I'm really into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of it, I mean, it, it's kind of that parallel because... You know, there's all the shoot 'em up, like blow stuff up, and then there's a little bit of story there in the background. Yeah, and then there's ones that are just like almost outright pretentious about how yeah. they're like going away from like the tropes that are like the common thing, and yeah, you know, something like a, like a shonen an- animation or something because like they think that's not yeah, you know, that they they think that's like played out or whatever. I think the show that probably did it the best of having like a balance between fighting and then there was. There was some social drama in it was Yu Yu Hakusho because mm-hmm. you cared about these characters. So you did care what was going on in their lives, but it wasn't the focus of the show and it didn't harp on it too much. That's true. It wasn't like, yeah, it didn't like try to pound that into your head. Yeah. And then it got right back to the fighting. Yeah. It'd be like, hey, by the way, these guys like know each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually watching that one on subs too. So uh, how almost, is it on subs? It, it's not bad. Um, if you remember like how it was in the dub Mm -hmm. going back and watching it in subs is you're like, Oh, that's different than it was. than I remember whenever it was in the dub. So it's been, there's been some interesting parallels. I'm almost to the end of the first like little season. I, uh, my wife, uh, watched it a little bit, but she and I both kind of sat down and tried to like rewatch the first season. And, uh, I at least wanted to get through, um, the part where his house is on fire and Keiko yeah. has to go save him. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I didn't realize how long that took. Like, I mean, yeah, it was so it many does. episodes. We were, I was like, by the end of it, I was like, I just want this to be over. I'm exhausted. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because like, yeah, there's a whole arc where he has to like, um, he has to like take care of that golden egg, the egg and yeah. make sure it doesn't, yeah. doesn't like destroy him or whatever because it like feeds off of his vibe yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And so, yeah, kind of low key, it's like, man, can we get to some like good shit? But yeah. you don't know at the time, like when you're first watching it, you're yeah. just like, this is pretty interesting. Yeah, exactly. And then it gets into like that um, Demon World tournament mm-hmm. and you're like, this yeah, is the that's shit. That's what we've been waiting for. <laughs> yeah. James Nim that was on before. Uh-huh. Um, I told him he was my favorite character. Yeah. And he was he, like, dude, he's my favorite character. He's the one with the eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He always reminded me of like mini Vegeta. Um, yeah, he was like that show's yeah. Vegeta. Um, my favorite character was Kuwabara. Oh yeah, he's Blake like, Griffin. Oh man, I just don't know what I don't know what it is about him, but he is my favorite. favorite he's character. just yeah, he's just what he is. Like yeah. he's, what you see is what you get with that yeah. guy. I think it's I think it's like he's like kind of dumb, but he has like these really strong morals. He does, yeah. and even though he like fights Yusuke, he respects him at the mm-hmm. same time. And um, I don't know, there's just something about him that I really really enjoy i mean yeah you kind of get that vibe from like the first episode yeah where he's like he's upset yeah yeah yeah. and he's like dang it like who am i gonna fight yeah exactly his voice is just insane i can't imagine what that person's the person's vocal cords look like that the that did his (laughs) it's vegeta is it the same guy it's the guy that did kuwabara yeah he does that guy does uh vegeta piccolo yamcha Oh, he does sound like Piccolo. Yeah. So, yeah. Holy shit. It's that guy. Man, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> well, it's like, isn't that funny? You like, don't even, it's like out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, exactly. And it like sounds familiar, but you're like, huh. Yeah, yeah. And then that, when someone says it, you're like, how did I not think of that? That happens all the time. You're just, you're listening. You're like, I know I've heard that voice somewhere, but you can't put a character to it. Yeah. Um. So kind of backtracking to like your animation and um, illustration background. Um something that you done recently that was getting a sig- pretty significant amount of buzz was um you did some it illustrations for like yeah. the classic uh Stephen King novel like yeah. movie um but yeah can you kind of talk about like the concept behind you know what, what kind of made you want to do those illustrations and yes. where the inspiration came from so part of the not to go back too far but part of the reason I really got into drawing was I would watch these cartoons when I was younger and I'd have like favorite characters and I would just want to recreate them somehow. And the best way to do that was to draw. So it's like anytime I really like something, I will just kind of need to draw it in a way. And, um, 
that kind of happened with it. Um, we had just watched the original 90s miniseries for the Scary Movie podcast that I do. And in anticipation for the movie, I read the entire uh, Stephen King novel. And so within the course of like two or three months, I'd watched the 90s series, read the entire book, and then saw the new movie. So it's just like I have like it overload in my head right now. And it's like the most therapeutic thing for me to do is just to draw Pennywise. And something that I kind of like to do is see what movies and TV shows might look like as an anime. And since my style is so heavily influenced by anime, um, it's just kind of a natural thing. Even if I'm just drawing it for fun, it's going to look like anime. Um, and so I did one of Pennywise, just kind of a full body of him holding some balloons. And that was actually before I saw the movie, just from the trailer, the teaser trailers that were out. So he doesn't really look like on model or anything. Um, but then after I saw the movie, um, I took one of the scenes that kind of affected me the most uh, and I, I recreated that uh, and I kind of put like fake subtitles over it. So it kind of looked like a screenshot from an actual anime. And um, uh, yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, I just, I like to see, you know, things recreated as an anime, I guess. And it's, it's also just practice for me as well. And uh, it wound up uh, getting picked up by the Nerdist um, last week. And uh, he, the, uh, one of the editors from the Nerdist had found it online and asked if he could write a story about it. And I said, sure. And um, at the time, I had no idea it was the article was just going to be about those pieces. I thought it was going to be like my work was going to be included in like a collective of other fan arts and stuff. But uh, it was kind of funny because it seemed a little misleading the way the Nerdist represented it. They were like... Uh, it gets an anime makeover and they just posted one of the um, images and just looking at it, it kind of looked like they were announcing an anime oh, version. Yeah, I didn't of even the, think of so that. I think that's why people were going so crazy like, for what? it. Yeah. They're like, Oh my God. It, like, is this going to be on Netflix? What's it? What's happening? that would be the and, shit. And then they were going. And so um, that may have been a little calculated on their part, but uh, anyway, it, it got the pieces a lot of attention. Um, my Instagram and Twitter have just been blowing up for the past two or three days, and uh, it's been awesome. Uh, I've gotten a lot of requests to do more uh, It anime pieces, and um, I've gotten some requests to never do It yeah, anime Yeah, kind of talk again. about some of the hate you got yeah, so, uh, when that, uh, along with that. It, it, it's it's really the reason that I kind of dislike social media so much. Cause it just gives everybody a platform to voice their opinion about anything. And it's just, why be negative? Like yeah. why, you may not like it, but why, why bring somebody else down? Cause I like, I literally had people telling me I was an idiot or dumb or stupid because I did this. Like my drawing was stupid. And, and it's like, I absolutely do not let that affect me at all. But it was just like there, it's such a waste of, internet space and energy and energy to be negative to somebody. And like one of the weirdest ones that I had was this kid. And I know he was a kid. I know he's like this 18 year old kid. Cause I, I went to his Instagram profile, but he DM'd me on Instagram and he was his first message out of the gate was, do you think this is a game? <laughs> <laughs> and oh, you I, think this is a game? I replied, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he was like, he sent me the post that I posted on my Instagram of the Nerdist article where I was like, this was cool that I woke up to this. And he goes, um, can I cuss on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He was like, I encourage it. Disrespecting the goddamn book and movie. And I just replied, what? <laughs> it was like a question. Yeah, he was like, yeah. Disrespecting the movie. And uh, he replied, dude, the fucking clown. <laughs> <laughs> or no, he, he wrote, mate, the fucking clown. Oh, he's from like Australia. Yeah, and no, he wasn't. He was I from went. like Georgia or something. Oh, he thought he was like, he was trying to be cool. Yeah, trying to what be cool. What a bitch. So uh, I was like, um, I literally had, 
I missed a whole a whole segment, but it's not important. Um, <laughs> I was like, I was trying to fuck with you. Were them. like, boy, like like he said something. And I was like, I literally have no idea what you're talking. about. I said that after he said disrespecting the book. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then he was like, dude, the fucking clown or mate, the fucking clown. And I wrote back. Uh, mate the clown, that's gross. And <laughs> you trying to make, that's how they make more clowns. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, by that point, I think he, he realized I wasn't having any of it. Yeah. So he never responded. But I, if he had responded and kept going, I was just going to start gonna screenshotting. No, I was just going to start screenshotting all of the positive content comments that it had been getting and just start spamming him with those, oh. like just relentlessly. I thought you were you were going to say that you were going to like try to ruin his life. No, I mean, I that <laughs> crossed kidding. my mind. I'm not. I'm not kidding. <laughs> uh, I was like, I you know, I'm a 32 year old man. My dad works in forensics, uh, computer forensics for the. OSBI is like, I have access to stuff that is like, I could probably figure something out with him. Man. And, uh, but I was like, I'm, I'm not going to waste the energy nah, definitely. to, to do that. Like he's wasted enough of my time and energy just with this little back and forth. Yeah. But, um, I just, I don't get it. Like why be negative like that on somebody's art? Like I wasn't doing it for money. I wasn't doing it for any reason other than I wanted to do it and post it on Instagram and somebody just has to come along and be a, a rain cloud to somebody. Well, it's just like, and a lot of those people can't do what you do. Right. I mean, that has to be the most frustrating thing for like a designer, an animator, an illustrator. Yeah. Is people shitting on your work that literally can't do what you do. Yeah. Like, and it's like, what do you know? Like, okay, I, of course you're always open for critiques or, you know, you always want to get better. Yeah. But people like shitting on it just for the sake of it. And it's like, dude, yeah. you can't do what I do. Like, get out of my face. <laughs> Honestly, that gets on my nerves, but not so much as much as when people would say, like, this looks like this character. Like, there's a there's an anime clown that's really popular, and I can't remember the name of him right now. But I looked him up. I was like, he is an anime clown, and that is literally the, <laughs> the only resemblance between these two characters. Like, this is obviously it, and this is obviously a character. He's got, like... Uh, diamonds and clubs like on his face and stuff and huh. I haven't he looks more like a jester than a clown to be honest but I was like nah, I don't know like it's like why people I, are being super technical so with I, like, the shit. I, I stopped reading yeah. the comments after a while like it was exciting at first I was excited to see what people were saying about it but after a while I was just like I need to not do this <laughs> <laughs> well was there any because um, I know you're a fan I mean and you know, almost that's almost like a positive for it because, you know, it's something that's actually resonates with you and that you enjoy yeah. and that you want it to be like the best that it can be. Yeah. Um, was there any kind of like idea that crossed your mind or would you kind of stick with the source material as far as like a uh, story arc with that? If they turn it into a hype, like hypothetically, right. if they turn it into an anime, how do you see that kind well, of laid, laid out? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the, book the Stephen King book is like 1300 pages it is a gigantic book and the both movies while they do a fairly good job of representing the movie there are so many parts of it that they just could not put into the movie and excuse me for budgetary reasons and uh special effects reasons and time reasons and just concept reasons um i won't go into like spoilers or anything but there's like parts of the book where the kids are crossing over into other dimensions and they're learning more about the backstory of it where he's like this metaphysical being that doesn't have a true form he just takes the form of the clown and whatever you're afraid of and um, there's like a gigantic turtle that represents the light and the positive of the universe. And uh, the kids like ask the turtle for guidance and help. And the, cur- the turtle's like, I don't take sides. Oh, and they uh, go to shell. Yeah. Go to no, I didn't shell. Say, I'm sorry. I said that. <laughs> go ahead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like I feel like there's a lot of concepts explored in the book that would translate to anime a lot better because anime can get crazy and zany and go to other dimensions and people accept it a lot easier than they do with live action movies. I mean, if you tried to fit a bunch of stuff like that into a two hour movie, you would just completely confuse your audience. Yeah. They'd be jumping around yeah. everywhere. Yeah. But if you, I mean, it, you could, ex- you could definitely explore the entire book of it 
in a six to 12, uh, probably not six, maybe more like 12 or 13 episode arc of an anime. And it would be amazing. I mean, cause there's so many, like there's definitely a hard story in the book, but then there's like these little nuggets of like backstory information that don't really pertain to what's immediately happening in the book, but just gives you a little bit more information on the history of things and yeah. makes it a little more interesting. Like, some of the murders that happened to that it did, you know, thousands of years ago. And, uh, so, I mean, that's stuff that they would, could never put in yeah. a movie. And you could write in that he killed a uh, Pac and Biggie if you wanted, <laughs> just like a have a whole side <laughs> story of him killing Pac and Biggie. Yeah. <laughs> we were, we were with it through the giant turtle thing, but the two Pac and Biggie thing yeah. came out of nowhere. <laughs> it's a passion point. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it's a, I mean, it opens a lot of doors because then it's like, well, what other Stephen King movies could you do as Anne? Yeah, like, man. It's just endless possibilities mm-hmm. after like you kind of frame it in that way where, yeah. you know, maybe someone didn't think that it could be translated into an anime. So yeah. then you're like, well, what else could be? And know? the more I think about it, the more perfect I feel like the book is. Cause I mean, it just with all the concepts and then like this new iteration of it, I feel like it looks like Frieza from Dragon Ball Z. He's got like the lines over yeah, his white kinda. face and the lipstick. And like, that was one of the reasons I drew him initially. Cause yeah. I was like, he just looks like Frieza. He's a little downsy, but yeah. <laughs> I got that prominent forehead. <laughs> I feel bad. At this. I'm saying a lot of things I'm like instantly regretting, but Hey, it's all good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's definitely, um, something worth exploring because it's really cool that you can kind of take something that's, you know, maybe you grew up with or that you were aware of, you know, as a child or, you know, kind of growing up and kind of reinventing it to fit into another facet of something that you enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's, yeah, that's cool. I I love that when people take things and kind of transform and make them their own. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And so you said, uh, you also said that you, do uh, and I, I know you do comics and everything. Um, can you maybe talk about a little bit about your back? T- geez, I can't even talk. <laughs> talk a little bit about about your background, like of uh, maybe comics you'd worked on, or maybe a, a project that you're working on currently. Yeah, so I've not done any like mainstream comic books. Um, I'm hoping one day I'm going to get like discovered and allowed to work on one <laughs> i've had offers actually um two of the coolest things was i i got uh vetted to i had to do some test pages um for boom studios um they were it was before their new power rangers comic book came out um i was asked to do some test pages for it um but at the time i was like we were just about to have a new kid. I just started a new job and there's like way too many things. And it it was just heartbreaking that I had to back out of it, but I just, I just didn't physically and mentally have the capacity to, to work on it. Even if I'd gotten it, there was no way I could do it. Um, but then they asked me also to do test pages for, um, their new WWE line of comic books. And that came down between me and two other guys. And ultimately they went with, one of the other two guys, but, um, it was, it was, I, at least I got those submitted and I felt good about that. Um, but I've been asked to do some kind of independent comic books. Um, one of them, like the most completed one that I did was called nine to five warriors. And, um, it was written by a guy named Brandon, um, Braswell. And, uh, it's basically, I don't know if you're familiar with the old, uh, food fighters, um, toy line from the eighties. Um, it's basically just a bunch of food commandos. Oh, so they're like, it's like a, like a burger, but he's like a soldier. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And, um, but this is more like office supplies. So like there's a tape dispenser and a a food thing from nowhere. Why did I automatically go to food? Did you say no, food? no, no, no? The, it's it's this comic book is kind of like that. Oh, so, okay. I yeah. was like, <laughs> no, you were right. I, <laughs> my fat ass over here just thinking about food. <laughs> uh, but no. sorry, you're saying they were uh, like uh, office supplies. Yeah, so it's it's office supplies, and there's actually food elements. So it's these office supplies fighting these break room. Uh, they're called the break room break room bandits. So it's like a a donut is their commander leader evil general guy and uh 
it's just the whole, like the whole first issue is just them kind of battling out and, um, you know, the, the food's trying to take over the office or whatever. I don't, and, and, uh, sounds like our office. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) donuts run things at our office too. So, yeah. So, uh, that one was kind of fun, um, to work on. And, um, I've done a personal comic book, um, called we are pirates and um, that one's actually online. Uh, I think it's wearepiratescomic.com. Um, but uh, if you just Google We Are Pirates Mike Anderson, I'm sure you'll be able to find it. Um, but uh, that was like a labor of love for like nine years. Because I, I started it in college. I kind of came up with the concept for it in college and started creating these characters. And then when I was freelancing for myself, I finally had like a lot of time on my hands and so I was able to finish the comic book and uh, put it out had some issues printed and then sold it online and uh, it did well I mean it it didn't take off or anything but um, then I've been asked to just kind of do some random pages for um, other things strange kids club is a online uh, uh, website that kind of delves into the nostalgia of like the eighties and nineties. And, um, they put out a monthly or I think it might be quarterly magazine and, um, every magazine will usually have a comic book in it. And I was asked to do some pages for that. And, uh, um, I've, there's some local comic book writers, um, Brian Winkler, he and I have been kind of collaborate, collaborating on something for a while. Um, we just finished a four page comic book for, um, a, uh, Halloween themed, uh, collective of comics. Um, it was, it's, a uh, it's about a sewer clown, no relation to Pennywise um, <laughs> that battles a sewer magician over who's getting the most, uh, sewer birthday parties. It's a very crazy story. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of gross stuff that happens in it but um that was really fun to work on uh the cool thing about that was typically when i do a comic book i do everything from the artwork to the colors to the letters to the design of the book but i got to work with two like industry professionals on this one so somebody lettered it and colored it and i just supplied the artwork and that was really cool kind of getting to see my stuff colored by somebody else for one thing but then professionally put together by somebody else and um yeah, I'd I'd say those are like my bigger comic book things, but then I just kind of do like comic fan art and stuff just for fun. So kind of going back to that, what you said about, you know, where you were able to do um, the illustrations and someone else did the colors and stuff. Well, is that kind of like your preferred thing? Like, did you enjoy that you didn't have to do the coloring and the lettering? I, I did enjoy and it was exciting because I've never felt like coloring is really my strongest suit between coloring and drawing. I really like the drawing part more. Um, so it was nice to see somebody with a better understanding of like color theory and like textures and, you know, doing stuff like that to see how they could bring my, uh, pencils and inks to life like that and so like they they would make decisions that i would never think of yeah that was that was really cool it's kind of like that uh someone looking at it from a different perspective kind of helps it out yeah um an interesting thing that um you talked about was a respect for gerard way which i didn't know that he uh i didn't know that he did comics yeah Uh, gerard way is the lead singer of my chemical romance yeah yeah um was there a certain way that you discovered that he did comics or is it because you're a fan of my Chemical Romance, and you just find it kind of organically just researching the band? or Yeah, what? that's pretty much exactly. I, like, the first I heard of that band, um, I think I was in late high school or early college. and So angsty, man. <laughs> they are very angsty. Um, and it, it's kind of one of my guilty pleasure bands, I guess you could say. <laughs> like, I was listening to them the other day at the office. I was listening to Black Parade. Um, but man, when that song came out, it was like my religion for a while. When it hits that first note. Oh man, it was so good. (laughs) And that whole album is so good. Um, and I feel like they get a bad rap for being like this emo angsty, but they're really creative, really talented dudes. And, uh, but that first album that I, uh, found from them, uh, was the 
three cheers for sweet revenge i think yeah but he drew the cover oh he drew that yeah so that's his style and it's kind of like heavily influenced by like mike magnolia who does hellboy and um i think he uh gerard actually writes a comic book right now called umbrella academy and i don't think he does the artwork for it but i know that he probably had a lot to do with like the concept art direction yeah and uh you, you can tell that the art style he definitely chose because it was one that reflected the way he would have drawn them. And, um, so, but expanding beyond just him drawing comics there, um, one of their more recent albums, uh, I think it's called danger days. A lot of their music videos, I mean, they look like straight up live action anime and it, they do, they're doing like live action anime better than Hollywood's doing right now. And just from their character designs and set creation, it's just amazing. Yeah, and so that's uh, – I think it's interesting to see the parallel whenever you enjoy someone's work in one capacity. So, like, you like those guys' music. And then I mean, you can also enjoy it, like, in that other medium where yeah. it's like, oh, man, he does, like, the art. And then yeah. you're actually, like, a fan of his art and everything. That's, yeah, yeah. And that's pretty cool. It kind of takes it to another level. And that's, like – those are the type of things that – really make a band stay with you or like set them apart in your head like yeah and it's almost an intangible thing because you think i don't even really know why i like those guys like (laughs) i I will go back and listen to them and i don't like i don't know why i do that yeah i had that same thing with a band called hawthorne heights yeah and those guys are oh my god they're so emo but (laughs) damn if i don't have uh you know their album like the entire album's on my phone like (laughs) So I can listen to it at the drop of a hat. I don't know what it is about that, like, album. Yeah. But it, I think it was I, just, like, it, it was, it, I found it at an, an impactful time in yeah. my childhood. Yeah, I think that's what it, exactly And I just go is. back to it and listen to yeah. Wilds for Lovers yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but some of the other bands, it's funny that, you know, we like a lot of the, simil- the same music, even though we like different styles of music. Um, mm-hmm. So Story of the Year was a band that you said that you liked, and I, I really enjoy them, not because we'd share a name, but uh yeah with the story but they spell it wrong but that's okay <laughs> um i uh i think i heard them on a a video game i had it was like on the soundtrack yeah i think my brother randomly had like a uh, nhl like oh mm-hmm. three or some mm-hmm. shit and one of their songs was on it yeah and actually like high key that's how i found like a lot of bands i like there's yeah. like uh, sports games and they have like the featured soundtracks yeah and I'll like I'll hear one of their songs. I'm like, that band's kind of cool. Yeah. And then I'll go like research them after the fact. Yeah. But that's I, how I found Jimmy Eat World too. Was on that same uh, yeah. NHL 2003. I definitely like some Jimmy Eat World. I can't remember how I got into Story of the Year. It had to have been from like seeing one of their music videos yeah. on TV because that's how I got into a lot of bands. Back when MTV showed music vid- yeah. videos, I think that's actually how I got into My Chemical Romance because. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a I'm not okay that, the video. That was it. Yeah. They had Helena. I loved that uh, I'm not okay video. I thought it was like like the high school angsty, yeah, like really well the shot. The bullshit of going through high school. Yeah. Um, uh, so My Chemical Romance, um, they the guy that directed that movie is called his name is Mark Webb, and uh, he did other videos for like Evanescence uh, oh. that were really cool. Like it's your favorite band, right? Um, what? I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's your favorite no. band of all time? <laughs> Wake um, me up. They have a song, uh, I think it's called uh, <laughs> Call Me When You're Sober. Oh, yeah, I remember that and song. And that music video um, was just beautiful. Like the set direction of it and just the choreography. Um, but Mark Webb actually directed the two Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. Oh, he did? So when it was announced that he was directing, I was like, oh, my God, a uh, an emo Spider-Man yeah. that's coming out. It's like, oh, yes, this is going to be cool. He, he knows what he's, he's doing. He's going to be wearing like a My Chemical Romance tee under his... Uh, and it, it really was kind of an emo. I never saw it, to be honest with it, you. I mean, it wasn't totally emo, like, but I could definitely see his art direction in a lot of it. But it wasn't... Uh, like, visually, it was pretty cool. Um, story-wise, I wasn't super into them, but... <laughs> <laughs> How funny. Like, yeah. I didn't... Like one of those things, like you said, he uh, directed music videos, and then later on, because you know him because of the music videos, yeah, yeah, you're like, oh, I know that director <laughs> that randomly did those music videos is now doing, yeah, Spider Man. I was like, <laughs> these music videos are awesome. What 
now he's got like a huge budget. They're going to be even more awesome. And yeah, like work. definitely. Um, <laughs> I never did. I guess I just was never, I was a really big fan of the Spider-Man like cartoon. Yeah. Um, but I guess just never got really got into the movies. Yeah. Um, um, so I never watched that. Those last, I haven't seen the last few Spider-Man movies to be honest with you. So you haven't seen the homecoming. Mm-mm. It's pretty was good. That one good. It was good. Tom Holland, I guess. Right? Yeah. He did a really w- good job. It's very Marvel. Couldn't if- even find an American to play Spider-Man. <laughs> God dang. <laughs> nah, it's all good. Uh, yeah. I, I heard, I mean, I heard it was pretty good, but it was like, like I like the cartoon, but I guess I'm not a huge Spider-Man fan just yeah. in general. Yeah. Which, I mean, there's nothing wrong if you like him. Um, well, I was actually really interested in seeing it because uh, the Vulture was the villain. He oh, was yeah. actually was one that of Michael my f- Keaton? Yeah. Yeah, he was actually one of my favorite um, villains from the comic book. Because uh, I have a thing for, I like wings, so. <laughs> yeah, like a, a Ang- Anglamon. An- Angemon, Anglo-Saxonmon, yeah, yeah. what yep. was his name? Angemon. <laughs> Angemon. <laughs> I uh yeah that's funny man I I I'll probably get around to watching it for too long but yeah it's good I it's get a little cynical you know I get it, I get up I, I, all the music I listen to you know I'm emo yeah it's all the Hawthorne Heights and all the pent up angst See, just from knowing you I, I would feel like that's the last music that you would Not, listen yeah. to <laughs> well yeah it's just funny I mean I'm kind of all over the board because yeah. I'll listen to like rap I'll listen to yeah. Rock. And honestly, like, I really don't like, I mentioned story of the year and, uh, my chemical romance. I really don't listen to those anymore. They're just like, they're the bands that I've listened to like their whole album of, but I'm really, I, I think the last guest that I listened to, um, James, yeah. he kind of mentioned that he's kind of like a potpourri music listener. Yeah, like I just true. like, I just like songs mm-hmm. and that's how I am. Like I'll hear a song. I'm like, I like that, but I don't have to go like listen to everything that the band's ever done. Oh yeah. I okay. appreciate them for that. Gotcha. Like I just, I like that song. Yeah. And, um, so I'm like, I think my love for music kind of lives within the classic rock, like eighties hair metal band oh. kind of stuff. Oh but, snap. On but, some striper type shit or what? Uh, I think probably my favorite band in the world is uh, either Def Leppard or uh, Skid Row. Def Leppard. Nice. So the drummer can't start a round of applause, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I mean, I imagine that comes from like, you know, maybe your parents listen yep. to that or yeah. things my like that. My mom was yeah. a classic rock listener and my dad was a, a classic country listener. Oh damn! Uh, so, um, I it was our household was definitely a country household when I was growing up, and I think the very first band that I ever listened to that wasn't country was the Goo Goo Dolls oh. or Matchbox Twenty. There you go. So you so, started off real heavy, then. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh man, this is the best band in the world. <laughs> Rob Thomas is the songbird of our generation. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be big, I'm telling you. And then I'm like, I see that my like 45-year-old aunt like likes the yeah. Goo Goo Dolls too. And I'm like, oh. That's funny, man. Uh, <laughs> I, um, yeah, definitely, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not someone that just, I can't completely put country in a box and say I don't like it because there's some yeah. stuff that like Zach Brown band shit like that but yeah. man like it's some of it's tough to listen to for me actually but not, I mean I live in Yukon so it's like I have to embrace it eventually yeah. you know like, I mean <laughs> Oklahoma in general I got my wife listening to it she's originally from uh Southern California oh uh, she lived there for literally half her life and she's been in Oklahoma for the other half Dang. and uh we were just kind of like listening to uh a country radio station that one day and she was like i i don't like country and i was like i bet you that if we turn to a radio station right now and it was classic country like 80s 90s country i was like i bet you i would know the song and we turned it over there i i don't know if i hit the first one but like one of the next songs i knew like every word to it and she was just like blown away because i'd never listened to country in front of her before Mm -hmm. and uh but you were ashamed. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It just never came up. Yeah, but like anytime I get into her car now to like go run an errand, uh, it's always on the Twister. You got her converted, country. man. Yeah. Old SoCal go- girl got her all converted. <laughs> but like her favorite band is uh, Papa Roach. Or, oh my or God. Or Used. 
Well, you got. Well, let's just say that's an upgrade, I guess. I shouldn't. Have said well, shout that. out to the she's used. Gonna, she's gonna listen to this. Well, no, shout out to the used. They're good. I I've, I've listened, I love the used. It's funny, like you said two things, but I'm like, yeah, shout out to one of those <laughs> things you said. Uh, she one knows, of those are redeemable. She knows my feelings on Paparazzi. <laughs> Arguably, other the other songbirds of our generation. So yes, shout out to Papa Roach, I guess. Um, <laughs> I uh, my wife is a very like she grew up in Yukon, so she's very all about the country as yeah, well. Yeah. But she's funny too because she'll she knows like everywhere to every song, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, who sings, who sings that? She's yeah. like, oh uh, yeah. But oh, she's yeah. kind of like you, like she's Absolutely. the she likes songs, so yeah. she. It doesn't matter, like, the genre. If she, like, hears something she likes it, she's like, I like that. Yeah. Ask me who sings anything, and I have no idea. <laughs> Just answer everything with Creed. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I like some Creed songs. Oh, shit. There you go. Take me higher. <laughs> um, so one of the other ones that you had tapped to that uh, several other people talked about um, being, like, a very influential band on them is a uh, green day yeah but it's always with the caveat that it's like well i like dookie and that's about it yeah uh yeah i kind of have the same caveat he's like yeah i'll co-sign that <laughs> <laughs> i like i like all green day like i will listen to anything by them even like their new stuff old stuff but dookie like i have that album in my car my cd uh, cd of it in my car i've got it on vinyl i don't even like i don't collect vinyl or anything i just I wanted to buy it. I love the album artwork for it too. Yeah. Um, but I love like every song on that album. And um, I don't know. There's just something about early green day that is so engaging that they just don't have anymore. And it's like, it's almost like they got too political as they got older. Like, yeah. They were all jaded. I don't, I don't want your messages. I just want you to talk about <laughs> vegging out on the couch in yeah. front of the TV smoking weed well yeah what happened to that that's the green day i love yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then another one that you said that it was um another couple that kind of was surprising to me at the time but now a little bit you know talking to you a little bit more about like the in-depth of how much like the you know the different genres you like and everything the two that stuck out to me that you talked about were uh marilyn manson and nine inch nails yeah so nine inch nails i mean trent reznor that dude's He's they, like, isn't he like the COO of like Apple Music or something like that? He's, oh, I don't he's know. like involved with Apple Music or something like that. Hmm, I hadn't, I know, I'd never heard that. Yeah. But I don't doubt you. Um, I know that like, it's. I think Trent Reznor like was helping out Marilyn Manson in the beginning, and then there like might have been a falling out or something. But um, like Marilyn Manson like realized he he could be his own thing and kind of went off and did his own thing. I don't know enough about it to really speak on it, but. Um, yeah, those were like bands that I was kind of for bad to listen to when I was younger. Oh, like they younger. didn't like listening to it? Yeah, and, but they were really good. Like I loved the creativity of the music and some of the music videos and it was scary too at the same time. Like there's some very jarring images that they put in their, in their music videos. But then like Marilyn Manson was like the source of so many rumors at that age, like yeah. middle school age, like, like the thing about his ribs. And yeah. All that. Like, and then like, he like pisses on his audience members or like, damn, tears, Kelly style, huh? tears apart, uh, puppies and throws them into the audience or something like oh, that. Man. And it's just like all just so like made up stuff, but you believe it when you're that young. Cause you just, you don't know any better. Yeah, it's true because it's just all, all, the, all the hearsay and you're like, you hear it just like randomly and you're like, yeah, that's yeah. believable. Yeah. Like, what? Like, what are you talking about? And then like 1999, like the Columbine stuff happened and he, and he got, got blamed so for much that. heat for it. And my yeah. parents were just like, nope. Michael, we don't want you listening to that. Because <laughs> I think I was like a freshman in high school or just coming out of middle school in 1999. And when that happened... I just going into middle school or high school, my parents were freaking out and like anything they did, like you cannot wear black. You can't listen to Marilyn Manson. Wow. You can't own this gun. <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, it's just like, what? But I mean, that's just parents being parents. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I do remember seeing something, um, man, what is that series called? Um, 
It's this. It was a series that uh, HBO did. Oh, it's called The Defiant Ones. Hmm. And it was the story of like Interscope Records and like they had Dr. Oh. Dre and Jimmy Iovine on there. And they were I, talking about like yeah. kind of the both sides of, you know, leading up to them coming together and forming yeah, Interscope. I've heard of that. And um, they actually signed Trent Reznor and like put the band around him. And okay. I think he did actually help. Marilyn Manson, because I, yeah. I think at one time Marilyn Manson was on Inter- Interscope as well. Yeah. I don't know if he still is, but I just remember the Trent Reznor part sticking out to me so much because, uh, you know, he kind of had his demands whenever he was going to sign on an Interscope. And he's like, he's like, just give me the studio, give me the stuff I need and leave me alone. Like, yeah, let me create. Yeah. And they're like, cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I remember hearing something about and that. And so, yeah, that's a pretty cool series, Defiant Ones, if you get a chance to watch it. It's yeah. kind of like a lot of background, but it's interesting if you like. I'm huge into documentaries, so yeah, I like watching those. I kind of yeah. nerd out on those. Yeah, that's cool. And so, but yeah, man. Um, well, yeah. Well, I really appreciate you coming out. Um, yeah. Why don't you real quick tell people where they could find you, like on social media or like your website, things like that. Sure. Uh, I you can basically find me anywhere on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. I've got a couple of YouTube videos that have some tutorials and stuff. But if you search Michael Octopus, M-I-K-U-L-O-C-T-O-P-U-S, um, at any one of those things, you're going to find me. Um, uh, yeah. Cool, man. And of course, you could always find the Tunes podcast on social media. That's T U N E S slash T O O N S on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Google Play and iTunes. You could find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, yeah, thanks again for coming out, Mike. We'll see you guys next time.